Hey, welcome back to the True North Podcast. Trey and Amy Dixon here, and we want to follow up in this episode on some more marriage content. And so, babe, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I'm excited to jump right in. Well, I am too. And so today, one of the things that we want to share is kind of how to do a marriage checkup. Um, And this is something that we do in counseling and do with couples, but I want to kind of walk individuals and couples through how to just do this kind of on your own, Um, because there's nothing necessarily magical about, you know, doing it in a counseling setting, but just how you can do a marriage checkup on your own. And so that's what we're going to jump into today. And so the first thing is with this is set some time, be intentional. Yes. If you don't take time to be intentional about your marriage, your marriage, like anything else in life, is going to become very unintentionally lived. And that's where we get into so much, honestly, just so much trouble and damage and things uh, veer off course because we're not intentional about keeping them on course. Yeah. And so that's really what we want to share today. So take some time, you and your spouse, give yourself some margin, give yourself an hour or two. Call it a date night, check-in night, whatever you want to call it. And then ask yourselves to rate your marriage. And so on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, 10 being rainbows and unicorns, couldn't be any better. And a 1, something to the effect of, I called a divorce attorney yesterday. Okay, so Yeah, and that's why this is so important to do these because sometimes I may be thinking, we're doing great. Yeah. But you're not. Right. And so it's good to have that intentional time so we can come at, how are you doing? How are we doing? And be able to to figure those things out before you're making that call to the divorce attorney. And I'm still thinking, gosh, I thought we were doing wonderful. Amy goes, it's a nine. And I'm going, it's a one. You know, that's a problem. You probably that's a big need problem. To, you need to know that if that's where your marriage is at. And so this gives you that ability to take some time, take a breath, set some, you know, set everything aside. And this doesn't have to be a weekend away. Now, if you can get a weekend away, that's fantastic. But this could be, hey, put the kids to bed a little early, turn the TV off, go out in the backyard, go out in the front driveway, go out, you know, just shut your bedroom door and go into your bedroom, whatever it takes. Take some time to get away and just connect and find out where are we really. Yeah. And so, you know, just grab a piece of paper and say, okay, we're going to rate our marriage. Where are we at on a one, you know, one to a 10? And let me address something real quick too, because we hear 10. Yeah. And we think unattainable. We think 10 is perfect. And so a lot of us, when we hear one to 10, then we instantly go, well, we're not a 10. There's, you can never be a 10. 10 perfect and we can never be perfect. Well, if that's the case, then 10 not really a 10. Yeah. 10 is unattainable, which means nine's unattainable. Because then nine's as good as it gets. But if we're as good as it gets, well, then we can't be a nine. Well, if that's it, then an eight. Yeah. And Where do you draw that line? Where do you draw that line? The reality is 10 is very attainable. 10 doesn't mean perfect. What 10 means, it's as good as it can be right now. And honestly, Amy and I, if I had to rate us right now, and I don't mean this pridefully, but I'd say a nine or a 10. I mean, we're in a really, really good place. Now, does that mean perfect? No. It means as good as it could be today. Now, in a year from now, five years from now, I hope it can be even better. I hope that there's even more intimacy, more, but it's as good as it could be today. That's so good. And so don't be afraid to say a 10, like, because if a 10 is not attainable, then none of the numbers are really attainable. Okay. And so So true. Keep, keep 10 on the table. It is a possibility. Okay. And so rate it one to a 10. And then what I want you to consider 
are the four areas of intimacy. And these are not the only areas of intimacy, but they are the primary. And so the four areas are spiritual, emotional, sexual, and um, recreational. And want to kind of dive into these a little bit. And once again, not the only areas of intimacy, in, but they are the predominant. They're the four major areas of intimacy. And that's really important because a lot of times when we say intimacy, most of us go straight to the sexual. Okay, we kind of use sex and intimacy. We kind of say hand intimacy hand. is like the, the sanitized version of sex. We say intimacy because that's acceptable at church or around other people, yeah. but that's not true. Sex is the pinnacle of our intimacy, but it's not the only form of intimacy. And so let's dive into this a little bit. Babe, when you hear spiritual intimacy, what does that mean for you? Like, and what does that look like for us in our life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've talked about this before that spiritual intimacy doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be reading the word of God together every day or doing a devotional every day together, but it is meaning that we're in tune with where we are on that spiritual level. Like, how is your walk with God? Like, if God shows me something, you're one of my first people I want to go to and say, hey, this is, this is something that God has been working on my heart. And so that's that spiritual intimacy that I want to keep you in the know of where I am with God and some of those revelations that he's sharing with me, some of those moments with me, I want to share those with you. And that's what I think about when I think about spiritual intimacy. Oh, it's so good. So I want you to really hear what Amy just said right there is it doesn't mean that you have to be praying every day together. It doesn't mean that you have to be studying the book of Habakkuk together. Okay. <laughs> those are good things. And by the way, highly, highly recommend oh, absolutely, yeah. praying together regularly. Highly recommend being in God's word together. Okay. Those are really good things that we highly recommend. But you can do those things and still maybe not have spiritual intimacy or not deep spiritual intimacy. Um, so to kind of put some teeth to that and what it looks like for us, Amy, this last week, um, just like with the men with ba- you know, with True North, we have our base camp, and then we have another level called um, the Ascent, and it's that next level, that deeper version. Amy's part of a women's ministry called Sacred Journey that's very similar. It's, yeah. it's the advanced level of changed or captivating. And so they just wrapped this up this last week. And I know the first thing when I went to go pick her up and we're helping to break down and then we get in the car and we have an hour and a half on the way home. And the first thing was, okay, how was this weekend? Yeah. And what I was really asking was, how did this weekend go? What I was really asking was, what did God show you? What was, how was God working in you? What did he show up? What words did he give you? How did you see God move? It really, that question was, what what was happening in your life, in your heart over the weekend in that spiritual that spiritual arena? It's so great to celebrate each other's journey with God. And so that was one of the things I couldn't wait, honestly, to have that moment with you to share some of those highlights from the weekend of how God was working in me. And that's that's something that, you know, we all need to be aware of. If that's not there, why? Yeah. That's that's so good. And this is something that man couples so often just miss out on. Yeah. We just don't share these things together. Um, and it's, I would argue out of all of the areas of intimacy, sexual is the pinnacle. And we're going to dive into that here in a minute, but spiritual should be number one. Yeah. It's the number one. Um, because when we don't have the spiritual intimacy and connection there, we're holding one of the deepest parts of ourselves back from each other. Mm. And so 
this is a really big area. And so be honest with each other. Where would you rate your marriage on a one to a 10 with spiritual intimacy? Now, here's what I want to, as you're going along in this, let's just say, babe, let's say you and I, we both gave it, let's say I gave it a seven and you gave it an eight. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just hypothetically, okay. It'd probably be higher than that for us, but let's say it's mm-hmm. a seven and an eight. The next question I would ask is why? Why is it as high as it is? And so even if yours is a two or three, whatever, why? Why is it even that high? Why'd you rank it anything yeah. above a one? And if it's if your answer is simply, well, we go to church together, great. That's that's a good thing. Write down what's working. Yeah. Why is it even a number? Why do we even have any spiritual intimacy? If your answer is as basic as we both just believe that there's a God, okay, fine, great. There's our starting point. And the purpose of this is we want to recognize where do we align? Yeah. What's working? There's kind of a business term, but it applies in relationships too. celebrate to replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, we, we do this in our staff meetings with True North. We share the things that God, we've seen God working in the ministry and what, you know, what he's been doing and it encourages us. But what it also tells us we want to celebrate those things because then we want to replicate those things because where we see God moving in certain areas, let's keep doing those. They're good things. And so if, you know, for Amy and I, if it was a seven or an eight, we go, why? Well, because we have a, we talk about the things of God on a regular basis. We're both plugged into ministry. We're, you know, we're praying together, whatever those things may be. Great. We want to make sure and acknowledge those because we want to replicate. We want to keep doing those good things. And I would also say, don't be offended if your spouse's is lower than yours or lower Mm. than you want it to be. Realize that's room for growth. Like this is why you do these things to say, okay, how can I make it better? And, and ask your spouse, okay, well, if it was that low, what are some things that I can do on a spiritual level that makes you, will invite you into that? What are some things that you are looking for? This is why we do these. It's like Trey said, is we're, um, you know, if we're at a, we're at a, um, six or seven, we want to get to an eight or nine. And so that's where don't, don't be offended or take it personally. Just go, okay, how can I improve? How can the next checkup, I can make that higher. That's it. And that's the next question, which perfect segue, babe. So the second part of this and the next question is what would it look like to make it an eight, nine or a 10? What would it look like to take it up a notch or two and share those things with each other? Share those things if go, well, you know, I wish we would pray together more regularly. I wish we would talk about God more often, or I wish we were doing a version plan or studying the Bible, whatever it may be, whatever, maybe it's, we have biblical community. We need to truly get plugged into a new church or into a, you know, to a home group or whatever that may look like. Share those things because we want to acknowledge what's working, but we also need to identify what we need to work on. Yes. Okay. We always want to identify what's working, but we also want to identify what we need to work on. And so ask yourself those two questions. And you, you often say things that, um, or say a point where, well, one spouse may say, well, if I have to tell them, it doesn't mean anything. Now Mm. that I've said, you know, I want you to pray with me and next time they pray, well, they're just doing it because I told them that's a win. Yes. So don't be afraid to tell your spouse what you're desiring, what you're looking for. And then don't be upset when they follow through with it and thinking, well, it's just because I told them go, they listened, they heard me and they're responding. 
That's so good. Because often we belittle it. Mm-hmm. You know, we say what we want. And then when our spouse does it, we go, well, yeah, like you said, they're only doing it because I told them to, or I said, that's what I wanted. And then we belittle it instead of celebrating it going, no, they heard me. They asked what yeah. I wanted. They heard me and what I said, and then they chose to follow through with it celebrate the fire out of it. And instead, so many times we tend to belittle it. Well, what did we just tell our spouse? What I told you I want, I'm not appreciative for. What that begins to say is you can't make me happy. You can't do enough. And so that's such a great point. If you tell your spouse, hey, what you need and what you would like with them and for from them, and then they do it, don't belittle it. Don't criticize yeah. it. Don't downplay it. Celebrate it. That's a win. That's a, that's a huge point. So spiritual, emotional, sexual, and recreational. So now let's jump into emotional. And so emotional intimacy, is it, do we just feel safe to share our hopes, our dreams, our desires, our fears, what's really going on inside of us? Because there is a, there is a fundamental truth, and this is all human beings, doesn't matter, age, race, demographics, ethnicity, whatever. We share when and where we feel safe. Yes. We don't share when and where we don't feel safe. And so what this, this um, spiritual or, excuse me, emotional intimacy, what this one is really measuring is do we feel safe to share these deep emotional things in our marriage? And so, once again, be honest. Do you, where, where's our emotional intimacy? And so, babe, what does that look like for us? Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I'm struggling with something. Maybe there's an area in my ministry or in my walk or with friends and I'm having honestly a hard emotional week. I need to know I feel safe enough with you that I can come to you and say, I'm really struggling this week. I need your prayers on that. And it kind of a little bit lines up on the spiritual and some of those Mm -hmm. or yeah, or I'm just, I'm having an amazing week and I just want to celebrate that with you. I just want to tell you, I'm really doing great emotionally. I'm really, I'm doing wonderful and just being able to talk those things through with you. And that's a great point because it's not always just the bad no. stuff. It's also in my, do I feel, do I feel safe enough to even share the good stuff? Yeah. But also, and I'll take it even one notch a hair deeper. Do I feel safe to bring where I'm struggling with you? Oh Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, hey. That's a big one. That's a big one. You know, you did something that really bothered me, or this made me feel this way when you said this. And so often, we don't feel safe enough to share those things with our spouse. And the problem is, so then we just pull back. We don't say it. We get passive aggressive or, you know, God, we start to make agreements. We start to shut down. or, Or we just, once again, passive aggressive, which, by the way, I want everyone to hear this. Passive aggressiveness is still aggressiveness. <laughs> Don't so miss true. that. Yeah. Passive aggressive, because your passive aggressive may be shutting down. Your passive aggressive may just be not talking, not sharing. The, guess what? Passive aggressive is still aggressive, okay? Um, it's still dangerous. But if we don't feel safe to share, and so we don't, how does that ever change? Yeah. We have to take a step of faith. We, and sometimes it may be, hey, I, like I'm struggling sharing this, but I need to. Yeah. Take a step of faith. And this is a good time while you're doing a marriage checkup yeah. to say, hey, I feel like we're only connecting as a two or a three, and here's why. 
And I think it's great. That's why this checkup is so good because sometimes what happens is if I am, if you've done something to hurt my feelings or to upset me, um, and every single time you do that, I'm literally in it. You feel overwhelmed because I'm always telling you, this is a good space yes. to go, okay, I'm going to go, or I bottle them all up and then I explode. And there's a time two months down the road that I am unleashing two months worth of times where I've been upset. Well, that's not healthy. And that's where this doing this checkup, being able to have a safe place and know where you, you know, what's coming. Let's talk about it. Let's see how I can run you know, how can, how can I respond to you better in those situations or you respond to me better? That is such a great point in that if you're someone that, and and by the way, I'm one of these two, if something bothers me, I often just want to get it off my chest right then. The problem is we can often have the right conversation at the wrong time. And the problem is then it becomes the wrong conversation because the right conversation at the wrong time is always going to be the wrong conversation. And often the wrong time is in the moment. Because in the moment, there is emotion, there is anger, there is hurt, whatever it may be. Now, I'm not saying don't have conversations in the moment. But what I am saying is you need to check your own heart and go, is this the right time? Because if my emotions are high, I'm liable to come off very emotionally based, and it's going to become the wrong time. Doing, setting some time aside to do this marriage checkup puts us in the right headspace allows us to talk about these things, but hopefully in a time that we're in a much better emotional condition to do it. And actually that leads something we probably should have mentioned beginning. I think it's a great thing to pray before you go into this emotional check checkup, invite Jesus into that saying, you know, we want, we don't want this to be something that draws us away from each other. We want this to be something that draws us closer. And so inviting Jesus into that will settle your hearts. will get you in the right posture to have this conversation, whether it's a great one or Maybe it's not. It just brings you, it lines you up with why you're doing this. And this is why God brings us wives. Okay, that was, <laughs> this is why God brought me Amy. Okay, right there. Yes, exactly. We should have absolutely led with that. We should have started with that. And this is why God brought me Amy. And so, but everything she just said, start off with prayer, align your hearts together. In this way, if you know that there's something that's been on your heart, you don't necessarily have to bring it up at the moment. Give yourself a day or two. And by the way, people will often go to, well, scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay. I, and I agree it does. I don't know that it means you have to talk about everything that night. Yeah. And I've heard some people say, you know, we refuse to ever go to bed angry together and I'm going, and then they just don't sleep and then they just don't (laughs) sleep. And that's exactly right. What I will tell you is I've gone to bed angry before. Okay. Now is that sinful? I don't know. I don't think so. It's because in the moment, if I would have, if I would have acted out, if I would have spoken in that anger and the emotion, what I can tell you is it wasn't as healthy. And I did for 15 years. Most of our marriage, I did, and I exploded, and it was not good. It was not healthy. Now, I'm not contradicting Scripture. What I believe Scripture is saying there is there's been times I've been upset with Amy, but what I've said is, God, I know her heart is good. I forgive her. We're going to talk about it soon. I'm giving this to you. Yeah. I'm releasing the anger in my heart. Now, was there still a, was there still some anger? Had we talked about it? Not necessarily, because I wasn't necessarily in a, in a right headspace, right emotional space to talk about it. What I can tell you is we've had much better conversations from then. And so what I think scripture is really trying to get to is saying, don't just sweep it under the rug. Don't just push it down 
and get passive aggressive or shut your heart down. If you know that there's a time and I recommend this marriage, you know, checkup weekly is ideal. If I know that there's a time coming up in two or three or four days, I can go to bed, not necessarily angry, but I don't have to get the resolution right then. Yeah. Because sometimes in the moment of the emotion, there's not resolution. Mm -hmm. I need a day or two to let those emotions come down to choose forgiveness and then to bring it up for us to find a way to walk through it. So good. Next one, sexual. All right. So (laughs) sexual intimacy. And this is one of our, this is one of our soapboxes. Yeah. Um, Man, if you've ever been to a camp, you've been around me for very long. This is something you know that we're passionate about because this is something that I believe the church at large, we've abandoned. We, we just we, don't talk about it the way that it should be a, talked about. Yes, we don't talk about it. We feel like it's dirty, it's wrong, it's taboo. Um, we've asked so many couples and they're like, well, it's just so intimate. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you're right. So the most intimate things in our life and in our marriage, we shouldn't bring God into. It's crazy that we've yeah. done this. And yet, and then we wonder why our sex lives are so screwed up in the church. And so sexual intimacy Once again, it is not the only form of intimacy, but it is often the pinnacle, okay? Because you can have spiritual intimacy with a close friend, with a mentor. Mm -hmm. You can have emotional intimacy with, once again, close friend, um, with a counselor. I mean, sexual is reserved purely for the marriage bed. This is so valuable and so important. And so sexual intimacy is not just frequency, Okay, I want to make that very clear. Sexual intimacy is not just frequency. Frequency is part of it, okay? Because if the last time we had sex was November 1987. There may be a problem there. That's a problem, all right? So intimacy is part, or excuse me, frequency is part of intimacy, but frequency is not intimacy. Yeah, so so true. Babe, for you, what is sexual intimacy like? What does that look like for you? What's that look like for us? Yeah, honestly... You just cuddling with me on the couch, holding my hand, um, just, you know, just having that physical intimacy that yes, you know, there is the, as a sexual aspect of it. And that is great. And I actually want to, want to say something to that about the frequency. Um, we just had someone not too long ago that we were talking about and he did not think that they were having, um, sexual intimacy as often as he desired. He mm-hmm. thought their number was less than, and she posed the question, what is a good number? Yeah. He had never thought about that. Yep. And so it's often good. What, how many times a week, what do, what are we expecting? Cause sometimes we're, ex- we don't even know what we're expecting. And just being able to talk about that is something I think is so important. But for me, that, that non-sexual intimacy, that just intimacy is just that closeness that we have. Physical touch is one of my um, love languages. And I just want to know that, you know, we can hold hands, we can lay in bed together. Those are some things that are just important to me. That's so good. So if I would pose that same question to myself, which I'm doing, okay, (laughs) so it would be this, be desire. Mm, Like that's really, I think, at the core. And a conversation that I've had with so many men that frankly, sometimes as men, we don't, we don't even fully understand mm. guys. We are, we're often pretty horrific at even understanding what's going on in our own hearts. And yet 
the hope of the gospel is the reclaiming, the healing of the brokenhearted. And so this is an area where so often guys, we tend to equate frequency with passion. Yeah. They're different. Okay. Now, once again, they can go hand in hand because if frequency is once a year, there is no passion. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I do want to say that frequency is absolutely an element of intimacy. It's an element of desire, but it's not the totality. It's just a portion of. But the desire, does Amy truly desire me? Does she want me? And all those things, if you heard from her a second ago, holding her hand, cuddling with her on the couch, spending time with her, what those, the way God really put both of these things in our heart, this core need of desire sexually in our hearts. And by the way, we are sexual beings by design. Sex is not wrong. It is not dirty. Can it become dirty? Can it become sinful? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that all too well. Okay. But it's not at its core. It's not by design. God made us to be sexual beings by design. God's design is that the only way for life to perpetuate is through sex. And so it's not wrong. It's not dirty. It's not sinful. It can be just frankly as food. Yeah. Okay. Food is not wrong. We have to have food to survive. Just like we have to have sex for the human race to survive. But food can, it can become very sinful. I can become anorexic. I can become bulimic. I can become obese. I can become addicted to sugar or various things. Does that make food wrong? No. At the core, it's not. It's actually something good that's to be enjoyed. So is sex. Yeah. And so I want everyone to hear this. Once again, kind of our soapbox here. But this issue of desire, where Amy wants to be desired out of the bedroom, She wants to know that I'm desiring just to be with her, that I think that she's beautiful, that I love just being next to her, that I want to hold her hand, I want to cuddle, I want to play with her hair. All of those things that she wants to feel desired, I want to be desired in the bedroom. And God's beautiful design and cycle is when she feels desired out of the bedroom, it actually then fuels her to desire me in the bedroom. That's so true, so good. And, and that here now it becomes this healthy cycle. I'm loving her out of the bedroom. She's loving me in the bedroom. And that continues just to fuel each one of us desire and passion. Well, we had a great conversation years ago and it was the conversation on this. And we were talking and you said, I just want you to desire me as much as I desire you. And that really hit me because I thought I was. But when we really started unraveling and talking about what desire looks like, and it looks a little bit different for each of us, but talking about that and then being able to go, okay, I want to show you, I do desire you. I was just showing you in the wrong ways. That's so good. And and finding out how do we want to be desired? What does that look like? And then sexual intimacy, talk about, you know, who wants to initiate? How many times a week? What do you like? What do you not like? How? Where do you want to be touched? Where do you not want to be touched? And some of this, and I'm going to say this, guys, especially all the ladies, you're not that far exempt from this. If we've brought sexual sin into our marriage bed, and so many of us have, by having sex before marriage, having sex outside of marriage, strip clubs, porn, mommy porn, ladies, once again, you're not exempt. There's so much female porn out there. Yeah. 
A lot of women were very sexually, you know, promiscuous before marriage. Um, there's all kinds of, and frankly, the mommy porn and, and the things like Fifty Shades of Grey, the Daniel Still novels. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things out there for moms that bring your heart in. It's a really fast-growing industry, the it's pornography huge. for women, and it's just, it's not talked about. That's right, it, but it's there. And so if these things have been present, pray and ask God into your sexuality. Yeah. One of the things that we've done numerous times and I mean, dozens of times, we pray during sex, okay? And I know that that sounds so crazy. <laughs> and for so many people, like, pray during sex? You're like, what? And that's the problem. Hear me on this. If there's anything you're doing and you can't pray while you're doing it, you have to stop and ask yourself why. Yeah. Why have you pushed the creator of the universe out of something because if you can't even imagine praying during sex you gotta stop and ask yourself why yeah because we say we say sex is a gift from god yet there's this deep deep thing inside of you go i can't pray during sex well is it really a gift yeah do i really believe god created me as a sexual being do i really believe that sex is holy and is something that's a blessing between a man and a wife because if I truly believe those things, then why can't I pray and invite God into it? That's so good. And, you know, in the beginning, when we were trying to rebuild our relationship, that was something that was, it was necessary yes. because it was an area that had been so assaulted and we had to reclaim it. And so it was a time that we had to invite God back into that to say, we're sorry that we have abused this area and we just want to, we want to give it all to you and we invite you into that space to heal something that was so assaulted. It's so good. And what I'll tell you, I don't believe we would have ever reclaimed this no. without doing it. Yeah. And because once again, if we've pushed God out of an area of our life, we have to intentionally and volitionally bring him back into that place in our life. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, when we push him out of it, he's not going to force his way in. We have to invite him back in. And it's an area that we have received the blessings have been amazing oh, in huge. that area with allowing God into that. He has then blessed it. Yes. So, so, and we could do an entire podcast yeah. on this and we may actually one day, but I want to get to the last part and we're going to wrap up the podcast with this one. Recreational intimacy. Do you have fun together? Are we simply having fun? And guys, if we think about it, once again, we start dating and what is dating? Dating is, we go out and we have fun. We get to know each other. Yeah. And then we get married, mortgage, job, kids, all the things of All life, the duties. All the duties that are good things, okay? Having a house, yeah. having a mortgage, having a job, having kids. Those are great things, but there is, there is a cost. And then once again, if we're not intentional about having fun with each other and in our marriage, then frankly, our marriage and our life becomes a grind. It becomes just duty. It becomes just work and it's obligation, and so many couples struggle because they simply stop having fun together. And so what do we do to have fun together? And so, babe, what does that look like for us? Yeah, we've talked about, you know, in the in the early days when, when we had small kids, um, sometimes it just meant going into our garage. We have a dartboard set out there and just playing some darts. Yeah. 
Um, it sometimes meant watching a, a, a show on our back patio or just sitting out on our back patio and talking. You know, now uh, our days look different. Our kids are older. And so um, going fishing together, yeah. going on vacations together, um, doing those things that, and sometimes our recreational intimacy is uh, sometimes it, it means me stepping out of a comfort zone and doing something you enjoy, like maybe going in and shooting guns or you stepping out of an area and maybe you going shopping with me, which, <laughs> you know, I know some of you probably think that's not recreational, but it can be. So those are just some things that I think of. Absolutely. That's so good. And I think it's sometimes it takes some intentionality. Um, plan. Okay. Say, Hey, this time tonight, it's my turn to kind of figure what we're going to do next time. Yeah. It's your turn to figure out what we're going to do. And, and let me be real clear. There's a couple of there's a couple of guidelines that I like to kind of give couples if you don't even know where to begin, okay? And here's the first one. The first one is at least once a week, every week, you need to date your spouse. Now, that does not mean out of the house, movie in you know, movie and a dinner or whatever does not mean spending money. Doesn't mean having to get a babysitter. Now, if you have that ability, you have that time and you want to do that, that's great. But it does not necessarily mean that for some of you, you may not have the funds. You may not have the ability, you may not have the babysitter. That's fine. What it means is you may make the kids chicken nuggets and corn and send them to bed early or whatever. Yeah. And then the two of you may afterwards cook a little nicer dinner, make some chicken and rice or whatever for you and have a glass of wine. Like Amy said, go out in the garage, play darts or sit out in the backyard, yeah. have a little fire, or watch something. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. It doesn't mean we have to spend a ton of time or a ton of money and do all these big elaborate things. It means we're being intentional, spending some time together because one of you may say, Hey, this week it's my night to play a date yeah. night. My night, let's play some games. I want to play cards. I want to play some dominoes. I want to do whatever. Great. That's what we do this time. Next time, yours may be, I want to sit on the couch, snuggle with you and watch a movie. Okay, great. We're doing that this time. Whatever it is, but be intentional of taking some time to have fun with each other. Because once again, if not, life just becomes a grind. And then once a quarter, okay, once a quarter-ish, you do need to get out of the house. You need to even just for a few hours for a night, get away. And once again, doesn't have to be a huge elaborate date. It can be, I mean, Amy and I love going on walks. We'll go long walks and we love kind of going hiking. Um, we love mountain biking. We'll take our mountain bike out and ride around Lake Hefner and do different things. Whatever it looks like for you. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate expensive event. It just needs to be that we're getting out, doing something, connecting together. Yeah. And if you say, hey, we don't have any family. We don't really, you know, we can't afford a babysitter. Here's the thing, man, this is gold that I'm about to give you, okay? Something we did when we were younger. We had three kids. We've met some friends of ours that we became really good friends with at church that had three kids. Guess what we did? We swapped babysitting, okay? So it was fabulous. It was fabulous. So we would actually go on vacations and we would say, hey, for up to four or five days, you go on vacation, we're going to watch your kids. We're going to love on them. We'll take them to school. We'll take them to church, whatever that looked like. And they knew us and trusted us. And then when we went on vacation, guess what? They watched our kids. We knew they were safe. The kids loved it. For them, it was like a sleepover. Yeah. It was a giant party. And we knew that they were safe. We had built-in babysitters. Find, I mean, this is why we need the body of Christ. Why you need community. Community is so important. 
find some other Christian couples that you know that have kids and form a co-op, you know, work out a deal where you can do something like this that, hey, once a month or once a quarter, you watch our kids for the night. We're going to go on a date. And then once a year, we're going to get away at least one or two nights. We need to get away, just connect with each other, let someone watch the kiddos, and we're going to have some time just for us. Yeah. What is that? How, how much has that meant for us in our life, babe? Oh gosh, so much. It's really when we can unplug and just spend that time with each other and laugh and have fun. That's where we've grown so much. It's just in those areas and just being able to sometimes set the responsibilities down, just have fun. Yeah. That's having fun is one of those things that is so overlooked in marriage and yet it's so important. It's so important. So guys, we're going to wrap up today. Take a little bit of time, do a marriage checkup. How are you doing in your marriage overall? How are you connecting intimacy, spiritual, emotional, sexual, recreational? Take these areas, get get serious, get intentional, start talking about these, working on these, and I promise you, God's going to show up and do something pretty magical in your marriage. So God bless you all. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.